If you struggle with worry or anxiety, I have a free resource I want to give you. It's a free three-day Bible study called Managing Anxiety and Fear. And as you know, Fear and anxiety is something that is running rampant right now in our culture, and so I wanted to make sure that this resource gets into the hands of as many women as possible right now. So if that's you, you can go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety, enter your information there, and we would be glad to send you this free resource. Remember, it's understandable to have fear at certain times, but we have the ability to control how we respond to that fear, and that's exactly the purpose behind this Bible study. VibrantChristianLiving.com forward slash anxiety, and I hope you will check it out. It's no secret that anxiety is sky high right now. So many of us are struggling with this. We are being put into really unforeseeable and in many ways uncontrollable circumstances. But nevertheless, How can we deal with these anxious thoughts? Many of us are struggling and need help, need practical tips. And so that's what we're talking about today on the podcast. What are some practical tips to manage anxious thoughts? Let's get started. Welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, a place for practical ideas and powerful inspiration to help you step out of stress and overwhelm and into a balanced life full of peace, purpose, and meaning the full, vibrant life that God has planned for you. So find a cozy spot, and let's get started on today's episode. Well, hey there, and welcome to today's episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, Bible teacher and life coach for women, Alicia Michelle, and I'm here to help you connect with God and to connect with yourself so that you can have a more balanced life and you can enjoy that full, vibrant life that God has for you. Well, speaking of vibrant life and having more life balance, it's we're in a very strange place, not only in our nation, but also in the world. Right now, as I'm recording this, of course, we are going through the coronavirus pandemic, and life has suddenly taken a dramatic new turn. And I don't have to tell you all about that, because I'm sure your world has been turned upside down, too. And Of course, my world has, um, along with everyone else and all of the clients that I'm working with. I keep hearing about just how we are all being asked to do things that we really maybe haven't done before, like homeschool our children or just being able to, to manage having a job where we're working from home and having other children present. Or maybe your reality is that you aren't working at all right now because of the economy and you maybe you work for a restaurant or you're a hairdresser or you're in one of these other fields that are greatly impacted by this shutdown and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? How are we going to make it? And how much longer are we going to have to make it? And it's so interesting to talk to different people and to see how people are being affected by this. The number one thing that I heard from women that they dealt with even before this whole pandemic started was anxiety and worry and managing these anxious thoughts that run through our heads. And so you can imagine what it's been like to have now this whole situation happen. It is the thing that even clients that I had that didn't struggle with anxiety are telling me that they're dealing with. And again, we can't blame ourselves or blame anybody else for this, except that this is a normal reaction. It's normal for us to feel out of control and to be asking questions about why is this happening? When is it going to end? And what if? But what I want to talk to you about in the next few episodes is how to manage these thoughts. Because 
like I said, it's normal to have them, but we don't have to live in a state where we're continually dwelling on them and letting them affect our mental attitude, affect our perspective about the future. I want to give you a new way to look at all of this. So before we even get into that today, I wanted to share with you that there is a free Bible study that I'm offering right now. It's called How to Manage Fear and Anxiety, and I want to give it to you. It's a three-day study, and there's teaching videos that go along with it. It uses the spiritual growth rhythm, which is the three-step Bible study rhythm that I use in the Connected Bible community and I use personally in order to connect with God and receive His wisdom, to recognize God at work in my life, and also to release, to let go of the worry and the stress. This is a three-part system that we do every day in the Connected Bible community, and I want to give you an opportunity to use that system to have an opportunity to let go of some of the stress and the anxiety that you may be going through. So if you would like to download that free Bible study, you can go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety. And maybe you want to download it and go through it with a friend or or you know someone else who's really struggling right now, who's just having a lot of difficulty through all of this. Will you please let them know about this free resource? I want to get it into the hands of as many people as possible. Or maybe you want to share it on your Facebook page or in Instagram or or however else you connect on social media, I would love to get that into their hands. So again, vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety. It was interesting as I was preparing for this podcast to look at some of the stats that are happening right now in terms of depression, anxiety. And they I read this article in Time that was saying how anxiety has been rampant, of course, and, and this is they're speaking from um, the U.S. when they're speaking about these things, but they're they're saying how anxiety has been rampant, but that because of the coronavirus, it's just out of control right now. And they described it as a the U.S. was a quote clinically anxious place, but now, and this is another quote, doctors are reporting the spread of despair, worry, and depression among their patients, especially those already suffering from some sort of anxiety disorder. And I thought this was really interesting. I'd never really thought about all of the ramifications of anxiety that are included in this, that are really affected by this, and how if you do struggle with an anxiety disorder, this is not just people asking questions of like, what if, and and how am I going to get through this? It's it's really triggering. It may be triggering in you some, some things that you struggle with on a normal basis, but now it's magnified. For example, if you are um, someone who doesn't like to be left alone, who has an anxiety disorder around separation from others... That can be an issue right now because, of course, we're all being isolated. And especially if you are just kind of naturally an extrovert, it's difficult. But if you really struggle with needing to be around people, oh my goodness, this can be something that's really triggering you right now, of course. And then if you have an obsessive compulsive disorder that's leaning more towards wanting to have everything clean and everything in order and everything designed a certain way, well, this definitely could be triggering you because number one, we have no control over what the future is going to bring right now. That's all in God's hands, right? But we, And we can only see it day by day. Secondly, of course, the idea of germs is a huge issue right now. People are wearing masks. We're being told to stay home. All of these things that could totally be triggering that. So I am not a medical doctor, and what I'm offering you in this podcast, as you know, is not medical advice. I just am sharing with you the stats that I'm seeing and the information that I have learned from spending time with God and overcoming anxiety in my own life. In the next episode, I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about my struggle with anxiety and 
what I had to do um, to overcome it. But today, I just want to focus on three practical tips to help you to move forward. And first, before we even get into the practical tips, let me share a little bit from a neuroscience perspective. I have been blessed to be able to have some additional training as a coach in the area of neuroscience. And one of the things that's that in terms of how this all works in our brain is that when we are struggling with anxiety, when we're struggling with anxious thoughts, an anxious thought is really just a thought that's being repeated over and over and over. And it's a, it's a thought that's causing, um, this anxiety to rise. So it's, it's some sort of a thought, some sort of a triggering thought, and it's happening over and over. No matter what that thought is, whether it's an anxious thought or it's a happy thought, any thought that's repeated over and over and over is going to elicit an emotional response from the subconscious. And so when that happens, when there's that thought and the emotion and they're put together, it can create a belief. And when that belief happens, it's hardwired into the subconscious. And that subconscious brain knows it's just like a supercomputer. It's saying, when I hear this thought, I'm going to have this automatic belief. And so it's really easy if we have a question in our mind that it's coming up to attach an emotion to it, fear, for example. And then for when we repeat that over and over and over and over, it becomes heightened. It's almost like we can put ourselves truly in this survival flight or fear kind of mindset that comes up, even if we aren't being pursued or chased or anything's really happening, because the subconscious brain is telling us, based on these thoughts we're having over and over that are being put there, the subconscious brain is telling us that we are in danger, that there are things to fear. And while that may be true that there are uncertainties and there are things that are fearful around us, we have control over what we're repeating in our brain. We have control over what those thoughts are, and we have control over our perspective. Those are the things we do have control over in this time, and we're going to talk about that more. I just want to begin to kind of preface and couch our discussion today around this concept of how the brain works so that if you are feeling these anxious thoughts, it's normal to have an anxious thought, but are we letting it be programmed in our brain so that it becomes this this unstoppable force that's ruling over us. And again, that's just kind of a cursory glance at how that works. And I want to get into now how we can control some of this. So there are three different ways that I'm going to share with you. And one of these ways is something that we talk about in the three-day Bible study on managing anxiety. And the other two are bonus ideas. So if you have gone through the study, these are just bonus tips beyond that that you can use to help manage anxiety. And if you want two other additional tips, then I would encourage you to check out the free Bible study because, again, it's not just a free study where you're in God's Word and you're getting these these spiritual growth rhythm worksheets every day to study God's Word. There is actually a video, a practical teaching video of me going through the verses giving additional information, sharing my story, sharing practical tips like this to accompany each of the days of the study. So you can find that at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety. All right, so tip number one, choose to notice what's going on. Choose to be aware of what's happening in your brain. This sounds simple, but what we found in neuroscience is that there are so many thoughts that are happening inside our brain that we're not even aware that are happening. 
And there's great power in stopping the thought process and saying it out loud, um, or saying something opposite out loud, but just stopping it and getting it out in some way. So not necessarily just letting it all, trying to figure it all out in our head, which we're really good at doing as women. But really, if we find ourselves, especially if it's this kind of cyclical pattern, one of the first steps that you can take to break this is to notice that it's there. I mean, that again, sounds obvious, but noticing what are the thoughts that I'm having every day or regularly that are causing, that could be causing this kind of anxiety. And as a coach, that's something that I help clients get to and help them figure out. But one of some of the questions that you could ask yourself is when I'm feeling anxious or when I'm, I'm feeling kind of stressed about certain things, what are the things that are running through my head? What is the situation that I'm in? What are the things that I'm thinking that could be causing those thoughts? Those are the kinds of things that are, that are triggers or clues as to what's going on. And when you find yourself in those situations, it's it can be helpful, like I said, to write it down on a piece of paper to just see it out there. Because again, when our logical brain sees it and we write it down, it somehow frees it from that inner part of our brain where we're just kind of letting things cycle around. We're seeing it on paper and we're like, oh, then our prefrontal cortex can process it and go, yeah, no, that's not logical. Or yeah, but let me give you a reason why I can manage that. Or yeah, that's logical, but God's got this and I'm going to trust him. So there's other ways to manage it besides just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. So first thing you can do is notice what's going on, write it down if you need to, or if you don't want to write it down, another thing that you can do to handle and just stop that thought pattern is literally just say, stop, stop. And again, replace it with a different thought pattern. Now, in neural coaching, in the coaching I do with my clients, I work one-on-one with them to help them come up with what we call brain priming, which is a way we are literally reworking the neural networks to recreate a new script in our brain around these things. And it takes about 67 days. That's how long it takes to build a habit in the brain. So this is not a, a, an easy process that I can just hand you in a podcast. It's something that, you know, it's a back and forth process. I'm teaching you, I'm coaching you on, I'm working with you through it. But one part, tiny part of this process is to stop, identify what the thought is, right? And then begin to replace it. And I like to replace it with scriptural truths. Now, I want you to pick scriptures that really sink into your soul and really affect you. I want you to pick something that when you hear it, you instantly go, okay, yes, that's truth. And that really resonates with me. So I'm going to give you four of my favorites here. But I want you, if these none of, if these aren't really things that are tracking with you, I would encourage you to look up either in a concordance or go to a site like BibleGateway.com and search the word anxious or search fear or search afraid, search peace. Um, you'll find all kinds of verses in there about God telling us to not be afraid, to ways to find peace, what to do when we're afraid, things like that. So if these aren't working for you, that's another way you can go. So these are the four verses that I would encourage you to use, and you can start with these. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What I love about this verse in particular is that God is saying in these moments when we're choosing to stop and notice that, yes, it's not unreasonable 
to have these fearful thoughts that don't be afraid, right? He's recognizing that it's normal to, to have these thoughts. And he's saying, don't be afraid because it's irrational. He's saying, don't be afraid because I am with you right? He's giving us a reason to not be afraid that has nothing to do with the reality of the situation. The reality on the outside may be kind of crazy and we're not uncertain, but the solid ground truth of God's word and his promises never change. And so he is saying we can choose to not be afraid because he is with us. And then it also says, don't be discouraged for I am your God. So don't be discouraged because he is the God in control. Again, not because of what the out, the outward appearance of our circumstances are, but because of the God in control and who he is. So I love that verse to really stop what is going on in your brain in that moment. Another great verse is John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the promise of Jesus. And it's a beautiful promise that he gave to his disciples and of course also to us. What I love about this promise is that Jesus is reminding us that he gives us his peace. It's a gift. It's not something that the world can give us. It's beyond what we see in our circumstances and it's a gift that's given not as the world gives. The, the world gives us things, or maybe perhaps we've been burned by people who have given us something only if we gave something to them, or they've given us something and taken it away. No, God is saying here, do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled because I'm giving you a gift that cannot be taken away. And I want to help you plug into that. And honestly, the only way that we can plug into it during this time is to stay connected to Him. And this is why those verses that we read about staying connected to Christ, being united with Him and being plugged in, He gives the example of being in the vine, like, I am the vine, you are the branches, right? We cannot sustain ourselves in this situation, like He's talking about from a, um, from a horticultural standpoint of being a vine and a branch. We cannot, as a branch, sustain ourselves without being connected to the vine. We just can't. And so, the greatest way to stay connected and be in His peace is to stay connected with Him through prayer, through Bible study, through, again, doing those three steps of the spiritual growth rhythm, receiving His wisdom, recognizing Him at work, and releasing our worries and fears to Him. So that's a great verse, John 14, 27. Psalm 56, 3. Just a simple verse. It's really simple and easy to remember. It's, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you almost childlike. In fact, I I know there was a lullaby that I sang to my kids and I heard um, recorded that we played for our kids several times when they were babies. And it was this verse. It's just a simple choice. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. Again, recognizing that it's not a bad thing to have fear, that it's a normal reaction. We are just processing the world around us. But when it happens, here's what I'm going to choose to do. I'm going to choose to put my trust in you. And then the last verse, one of my all-time favorite verses, Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Wow. This verse was a lifeline to me when I was going through some really difficult times a few years ago, which I share about more in the free Bible study on managing anxiety. But this verse says that he will keep us in perfect peace when we can keep our thoughts fixed on him. 
keeping our thoughts fixed on him sounds almost like this strange mystical thing. How am I supposed to keep my thoughts fixed on you, God, when I have to take care of my children, go to the grocery store, do all these things in my day? I'm not obviously sitting around just able to think about God and how amazing he is. What I really think this verse is saying is that we can keep ourselves in perfect peace when we have this filter of his promises and of who he is on continually, and we let everything go through that. So, when our thoughts are are fixed on Him, on the truth that He's in control, that He's never left us, He never will leave us in the future either, that He's going to work all this for our good, Romans 8.28, that there is nothing that, is, that doesn't happen to us that isn't going to go through Him first, that He's with us through the trials, all of these things, if we can allow ourselves to let that be our filter as the thought comes in, if it doesn't line up with that, it goes out, right? So that's our filter that we keep on. And when that happens, peace is the result. Those are some really simple verses, really powerful verses to help you be able to oppose that thought when it comes in, noticing the thought, stopping and and either writing it down and then coming up with these verses either you want to write down next to it or literally just stop saying stop out loud and working through these verses. Now, I know you're going to be tempted to want to just do this all in your head, and that's normal because you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have to like stop and say that. Okay, right. Go to a place where it's it's not necessarily around a lot of people. If that's awkward and strange, of course, I get that. But it's so important that you literally speak the verse or you speak the word stop, because if we keep it all in our brain, it's really... The, the thought really doesn't escape that same center. I don't know how else to describe it. So when we are choosing to to verbalize that, it's like, again, it's moving from the subconscious to our prefrontal cortex. It's moving to a different part of the brain and we are able to process it in a different way. It really, truly does stop the flow to when we stop and say it or write it down. It's moving it to a different part. And so it really can help overcome that. And so again, that's the first step. And there's a whole process that I help clients with. So you can talk to me or or you can DM me on Instagram at Vibrant Christian Living if you would like to learn more about that process. But the bonus tips, I wanted to give you some bonus tips, um, like I said, that aren't necessarily mentioned in the Bible study, but that are also great advice and encouragements that I have found helpful. And the first bonus tip is to identify for yourself why there is anxiety in your life right now. And so for right now, for us in the middle of the coronavirus, some ideas of what this could be, of course, are we're feeling more anxious because our kids are home. Our kids are bored. They're not going anywhere. We can't get out and really escape and do a lot of things. I was talking to a client this morning who has three very young children, and she was saying that both she and her husband are working from home right now. And it's really challenging for them because they're trying to have time alone to just be able to talk and process and re- you know unwind and things like that and they don't literally have a moment when they are not watching their children. And that's really difficult for those of us who have small children. You you can't leave them alone, right? There then there is no babysitter or childcare or or even an opportunity to go to the to, well, I guess you could go to the store, but you know you want to go to the mall and 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 have an hour or so to yourself or to take care of an errand. It's like those kinds of things aren't happening anymore, and so th- we just need to recognize that these are some of the situations that are happening, and again, that these are normal triggers for anxiety and worry and and just 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 frustration in general. A lot of us also 
myself included, are taking on this new role of homeschooling our children. Now, let me be real with you about something. I was a homeschool parent for a good 13 years, and this is still a challenge for me now. We actually had our last year of partial homeschooling last year. This was our first full school year where we have not had our children well, they are home on Fridays now, but um, we haven't had them in a more a half and half homeschooling environment. And even that, it has been for me, it has been triggering a lot of stuff in me about homeschooling, reasons why we chose to not be homeschooling anymore, or reasons why we chose to say this is a better option for our kids. All of that is coming back up for me right now. And so I'm really just trying to be real about that and to say, this is not forever. This is the decision that is happening and that God is going to give me the strength to do it. I don't have to have the strength to manage it forever, but I'm gonna, I can be given the strength to manage it for right now. And we'll be talking about that in a second. So yeah, you may have that extra stress of your kids being at home. And there's also this extra stress of the uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know how long the we're all going to be in a quarantine. We don't know what that's going to look like, if it's going to be kind of a slow filtering back into society. But again, as I was talking to another client this morning, she was saying, "It. I don't think it's ever going to be the same after this. And I agree. I just don't think that things... Are, are, in terms of our society, will be set up the same. I think there's going to be a lot more people wanting to work from home, working online. I think a lot of people are going to want to say, you know, I want more balance in my life. I want to spend more time with my kids. I, I want to be able to, to take care of myself better. I do need more sleep. And I found that when I was able to be on this quarantine, I got a few extra hours of sleep here and there. And I felt different. I want to, I want to change my life, right? And so it's, this time is, is really an interesting time to reset. So, but it's also frustrating, of course, right? So there's all of this happening, all of this happening. And then, of course, there's the biggest question that a lot, a lot of us are facing, and that is, what if I lose my job? What, or if I, or if you are unemployed right now, <laughs> how am I going to support myself if m- me or my spouse no longer has a job or no longer has an income coming in? How long will I have to do this? It really is something, these are very real concerns, right? These are not made up things. And so we have to just recognize and just get it out there. These are the very real things we're struggling with. And that's important because sometimes it feels like when we just have them in our head, it's like, it's hard for us to recognize what it really is, but get it out. I would encourage you just to write it down, to say, these are the reasons why I'm feeling extra anxiety, or to share it with a friend, just to express it and get it out and acknowledge it. And the reason why this is important is because this frees us up to offer grace to ourselves, because we can better understand why we're feeling out of control or why we're feeling so frazzled right now. We can understand it. We can give ourselves more compassion. We can practice compassion for ourselves. We can give ourselves a little bit more space that we don't have to have this all figured out, that it's okay if we're not doing it perfectly. It gives us more room to breathe, right? It gives us the ability to just exhale a little bit. So that's something I would encourage you to do as a bonus tip. Identify for yourself why you are feeling anxiety, why you specifically are feeling anxious right now. The second bonus tip is one I alluded to a second ago, and that is to look at this situation one day at a time. 
God will give us the grace for today. He tells us not to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own set of of problems. That's in Matthew 6. And that concept was something that I had to learn over and over, or I've had to learn over and over in my life in various situations, one of them being the time of unemployment, one of them being a time when I went through some extreme, well, one of my kids had some extreme learning disorders, and it really affected me every day, just the outbursts and the, um, literally, just some of the, the things that were being said were were abusive and um, very difficult to manage. And that was a very difficult period. I was by myself. I was homeschooling. My husband was traveling 50% of the time, and it was just me managing this. And all in the middle of that, I had two other children I was homeschooling, and I had a brand new baby. So there was a lot happening. And every day, I remember having to get down on my knees and just being like, I cannot do this any longer. I can't do this. This is this is <laughs> this is exhausting me. I don't know how I'm supposed to go through this whole day and then get up and do it again. And then go through that whole day and get up and do it again and just feel depleted day after day. And God slowly had to give me the ability to be okay with the concept and to trust Him that every single day He would give me enough, just enough for that day, and that I didn't need to try to worry about would I have enough strength for tomorrow or would I have enough strength for the next day. Today, he would give me enough. And it reminded me over and over of the story in Exodus 16 with the Israelites in the desert. They were being fed by the Lord with manna. And so if you have not read that story, or if it's been a while since you read that story, I encourage you to go to Exodus 16 and to read it. And what God literally did when they were in the middle of the desert is He rained down this little like powdery white substance and it, they would were told to to you could gather it up and and make like a bread out of it. But what was interesting about it was that it there was only enough. There was enough for each family to gather each day, and if they decided to keep it like enough for the next day, it would all be spoiled by morning. So God told them only take what you need for the day, and tomorrow there will be more. And so this concept of just saying, God, you're going to give me what I need for the day. I don't have to stress that there's not going to be enough because tomorrow there will be more. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your, Your strength is powerful enough to sustain me. You will get me through it. I don't have to know how. I don't have to be the one generating the energy. I just know that you will get me through it. And that is enough. Having that just embedded in your soul it's a very powerful tool to manage anxiety and stress. That's something that I learned that was transformative for me. And I pray that that is an encouragement for you as well. And again, there are two other really practical, powerful tips as to what you can do in managing anxiety that I share in the free three-day Bible study on anxiety. And so I want to make sure that if you or someone you know wants this free resource, you can get your hands on it really easily. It is vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety. So go there to download the study. That's it for today's episode, but I want to give you a little taste of what we're going to be talking about next week. 
Next week, we're going to continue to talk about anxiety, but we're going to talk about it from this aspect of what you may be thinking. And we got to some of it here at the end when we were talking about looking at our situation one day at a time, but there is this huge propensity for us when we are in times of anxiety or fear or worry where we just ask, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I, for one, definitely had a problem with struggling with asking what if. And I'm going to be sharing with you some stories, even as a young child, that I struggled with asking what if and how that affected me, literally physically affected me, and how it began to affect me as an adult and what God has allowed me to learn through that process as I've gotten older. And that is something I hope encourages you if you get stuck in the what if cycle. Well, friend, thank you so much for hanging out here with me. If you are a regular listener or if today's podcast just really inspired and encouraged you, can I encourage you to subscribe? And so all you have to do to subscribe is to click the little button in your podcast player. If it's iTunes, it's usually up at the top left there. Just click subscribe. And that way you will be sure to get the latest podcast episodes delivered straight into your player and you won't miss a single one. And if you also were encouraged by this, can I ask you to share this with a friend, especially right now, and especially since this topic is about anxiety and so many women are struggling with it. Thank you so much for that in advance. And like I said, I look forward to talking to you more about anxiety, about managing fear, and offering you encouragement in the next week's episode. I'll see you then. Hey friend, one final thing. I just wanted to make sure that you knew about this free Bible study on anxiety that we have for you. It is a gift for anyone who needs it. You can find it at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety. Just enter your information there and we would be happy to send it to you. There are three days of Bible study materials and teaching videos that are a part of this. And it has been setting so many women free. I have been so blessed to hear the response from it. I am excited for you to try it out as well. So again, vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety.